Welcome to Four Seasons Every Day. I'm Brittany Sutherland. And I'm Amanda Cottrell. We are two North Carolina locals who love the daily adventures of living in the high country. Join us as we explore our local community and discover new ways to elevate the everyday. Is the school year already off to a sluggish start? Is your child struggling to keep up in class? High Country Academy, the area's premier tutoring center, is here to help. High Country Academy offers one-on-one and small group tutoring in all core subject areas for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. They also offer SAT and ACT prep. And if the homework routine is your most dreaded part of the day, then check out High Country Academy's Homework Club, available for 3rd through 6th graders. High Country Academy is your one-stop shop for all things learning. To learn more, visit them on the web at highcountryacademync.com or give them a call at 828-263-4233. Hello, High Country. We are back with Episode 3 of Four Seasons Every Day. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts as, as much as we are doing them for yes. you. Are you having a good time, Amanda? We're having such a good time. I love it. And I tell you, if uh, you are interested in learning more, head over to Instagram. We're at Four Seasons Every Day or uh, same thing on Facebook. And make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Yeah, and following so you... us on Facebook and Instagram. So yes. you can hear some of the latest and greatest coming right. off of our website and Instagram page. But yeah, we're having a great time. And you know, we are, as I said the last time, right in the middle of fall, but we are approaching the pinnacle of fall at our house, or at least for my kids. I don't know about you, Amanda, yes. but trick-or-treating and Dress up. costume planning, it's we are in full thing. swing. I think it's a daily... Do your, do your kids... Well, your kids, I know your youngest one can't talk, but... Is That's it a right. daily changing of the mind of what they're going to be, or are oh, they set? Oh, no, ma'am. Oh. We start this in summertime. We start... Googling, I go on Etsy. It's a whole thing. Shocked. I'm sure you're shocked. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. Oh, see, we can't do that because we've had a costume change of mind daily. Uh, okay. Daily. So, Although, Hope, my youngest, she's pretty set this year. Are you going to give it away? It's a surprise probably, right? It's not a surprise, but surprise that it came out of a four-year-old's mouth. She has asked to be a clumsy ghost. Okay. That's what she wants to be. She <laughs> wants to walk around and run into things. That is going to be cute, actually. So, if yeah. you only knew her friends. Yeah, so that'll be delightful. an easy, cheap costume that I get to make. You know, the other one's kind of going back and forth. You can but. channel uh, Charlie Brown. It's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown yes. show. Yes. But I, I tell you what, trick-or-treating in the high country it is truly a treat. Because when I was growing up, you had one shot. It was Halloween night and tough if it rained or you pick the wrong neighborhood but kids in the high country you don't know how well you have it you You can can trick-or-treat yes multiple you can have several costumes you can yeah i mean we have done that have you we have we have yeah so i mean it is crazy when i was growing up i grew up on uh the western side of town over in Vilas, and we just went to the houses we knew. And it was like a whole thing, though. It was real exciting. Yeah. But nowadays, now I see we have all these options. So many options. Indoor, outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. You can, and honestly, if you take advantage of the ghost train 
at Tweetsie Railroad, you technically can start trick-or-treating in September. So, As I learned from you, and we've already done. There you go. It was great. There, so yeah, good times. Lots of trick-or-treating. So let's talk about some of the highlights yeah. in the high country, some places that yeah. you can take advantage of all this candy and... Um, have yeah. some fun over the next couple of weeks. Somebody did ask me the other day, well, where should we go for Halloween? And I was just like, I don't, I mean, yeah, there's all of these things. So let's highlight some of those. All right. Let's start at the top. All right. So uh, one of our favorites is the Mount Vernon Fall Family Festival. And this is taking place on the day before Halloween. And a couple of things are. What's the reason this year, Brittany? So, October 31st is not only Halloween, it is Georgia Southern coming to town. It is a home football game, blackout, wear your black, uh, 8 o'clock game time. So, it it will be a crazy, it'll be a crazy day. So, um, you definitely want to check out our website because a lot of Halloween events are shifting. Some are shifting up earlier in the day. Some are moving actually a day or two before Halloween because of the home yeah. football game. So I know where I'll be Halloween night. I'll be trick-or-treating and then heading over to Kid Brewer Stadium. Okay. So. Send us some pictures. Definitely. Post some pictures. Definitely. Yeah. So we've got uh, that Mount Vernon Fall Festival is really great. Very family-friendly. Head over to fourseasonseveryday.com and check out our event calendar or our Halloween and alternative activities page for more information. Yeah. And speaking of App State, one of our family's favorite events and probably really a really great event for the high country is the Trick or Treat for Tots that they the residence halls do, um, University Housing puts on. That is yeah. a great event every year. Um, because Halloween falls on a Thursday, it's typically on a Thursday, so we're looking for that around the 24th of October. Right. So be sure to check our website to confirm those dates yep. and times. But that is a great place, supports a great cause. You can bring some canned goods. and Yeah, I love it when we see the App State community come together with the kids. Yeah. It's really it's really great. Yeah. So it's a great safe environment. It's indoors if the weather happens to be bad. And you just go from yeah. room to room and the college kids hand out candy and it's a win-win. Love it. So. And be sure to stay updated on our website because we will daily be checking for events and there are many church trunk or treat events that won't be posted until maybe a week or two before Halloween week. And so just keep your eye on that, folks. And then we've got the much-favored Boon Boo, also taking place Wednesday, October 30th. Great trick-or-treating, downtown Boon. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that? I've done the Boon Boo. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done the Boon Boo. You know, we're on Ash County, so we take advantage of West Jefferson doing their business trick-or-treating. So that's probably what we'll be this year. But all of our downtowns, Blowing Rock, oh, yeah. Boone, West Jefferson, they all do a great job of serving our kids and well, just can, having a great night. Yeah, you can hit them all. Blowing Rock, October 26th, uh, Saturday. They have the Monster March. They just have a whole thing going on downtown, and that is the last ghost train at Tweetsie, I believe, yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah, if you so. haven't gotten your ghost train tickets, that's your last opportunity to ride the ghost train, and then they'll take a little bit of sabbatical before they kick off Christmas. Yeah, coming wow. soon. Yeah. And then we've got Banner Elk, October 31st, doing a trunk or treat at the historic Banner Elk Elementary School. There's a huge flat field in front of that and the beautiful restored school there. So we've got a lot for the whole entire high country. Yeah. And then I'm trying something new this year. 
Have you heard, we found this last year, we had this on our website, but Caldwell Community College and Technical Institute, known as CCC and TI, the Watauga campus, they do a trunk or treat, but it's 4.30 to 6.30, which is a little bit earlier than most folks. So I'm going to be able to take my little guy over oh, there that's and we'll great. do something before he has to go to bed. That's good. Yeah. Now, now, will you let them have candy before dinner? Well, he is he cannot have anything but baby food. So Well, I wasn't referring to him. <laughs> oh, that's always the big debate at our house. Because sometimes we do get a little trick or treating in before yes. dinner and it's I so might candy. say one piece. One piece. All yeah. Right. Yeah. We know who's eating all the candy at your house. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. We the adults. Yes. That's a that's a good thing, getting all that candy because Spread then they don't it out. they don't realize some of it's missing. Yeah. So it's true. All right, so that's some of our high country highlights for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so we so hope please, everybody gets out. Yeah, take advantage of those. And um, this is just a beautiful season to be out, beautiful time to be outdoors, just loving these fall nights. And um, we're very excited to have a special guest who has spent a lot of time outdoors and experiencing some of that's the right. great things that the high country has to offer. So let's move into our interview. We are so excited to be here tonight in a very special location. Tell us a little bit about where we are, Brittany. We are at the roastery next to Hatchet Coffee, and we are so thankful that they have allowed us to do an interview here today with a very special guest. Yes, thank you so much, Hatchet. Y'all are awesome. Today, we are so excited to be interviewing an amazing athlete, Elijah Kaiser, and we look forward to hearing more about his adventures in bouldering. Yeah, so in February, Elijah won the gold medal at the USA Climbing Bouldering National Tournament in Redmond, Oregon, and then he also qualified to compete in the World Bouldering Tournament this past August in Italy. So Elijah, congratulations. Thank you. And so happy you're here. So you're not only a local to the high country, but you're also a native. That's right, yep. All right, so tell us a little bit about your family and life growing up here in the high country. Awesome. Yeah, so I've lived my entire life in the same house, um, all 18 years, uh, in a little house in Valley Cruces, right across in Valley Cruces Park. Um, So it's just, it's a magical place to grow up, uh, Mm -hmm. right there next to the mass doors. Um, I used to, not as much anymore, because I've been there so many times throughout my life, but used to go there all the time, especially when grandparents would come. Mm -hmm. Um, They love to go there and and take us around to stuff. Uh, But it's it's so nice to live next to the river. Um, Used to swim there all the time, so... I just, I love, uh, I love Valley Cruces. It feels like small and that's the kind of feeling that I'm used to and that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so bigger places sometimes feel a little bit unnatural to me, but um, I love, I love Valley Cruces. Yeah. So for, for our listeners who aren't familiar with bouldering, mm-hmm. what's involved in the sport and maybe differ, differentiate a little bit between climbing, bouldering, mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. about that. So bouldering is a discipline within climbing. Um, and bouldering is typically done without ropes, um, normally on boulders, which are just rocks that are not uh, like part of a cliff. Although sometimes it's like a certain level of a cliff, uh, but we call it bouldering because typically it's a boulder. Um, and it can range in size, uh, but it's done without ropes. So it has to be safe to fall or at least something that you don't think you'll fall off of. So there's a little bit of calculated risk involved, um, but we have like these mattress-like crash pads that we use and we can stack them in different ways to, to protect ourselves when we fall. Um, so bouldering is like the most pure difficult, uh, version of climbing. So in other climbing scenarios, there's a lot more endurance involved. Um, and even some like 
logistics with ropes and setting up like anchor systems with sport climbing. Um, but with bouldering, it's a lot more about like the pure difficulty and the gear that's actually involved is pretty limited. It's the crash pads and your shoes and chalk um, to keep your hands from sweating. But it's really most of the people who boulder are very excited about the purity and sort of the, the simplicity of bouldering. Mm. Is it purely a individual sport or do you usually do it in groups or in teams? It's, um, it's, it's sort of both. It's a mixture. Um, the excitement that, that is like around bouldering and, and sort of like the, uh, the group mentality that allows people to get excited about the upcoming climbing season or a particular climbing project that they're working on. Um, is definitely a group thing and gyms especially climbing gyms uh, at least the good ones are very community oriented mm -hmm. and so like sort of that that companionship is where you get the excitement to train hard and then to climb hard um, you sort of push each other along but it's also very individual um, in the sense that when it's just you on the rock you're the only person who can make it a success or a failure mm. so wow yeah so so how did you get into bouldering well I started um I started bouldering here at Center 45 across the parking lot. Um, that was sort of like my first real bouldering experience. I had just messed around on some rocks outside, but the first real climbing experience I had was at the foot sloggers wall mm -hmm. on downtown Boone. Yes. So that's technically sport climbing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I did that once because my father used to climb in college. And so he was like, you always climb trees, you know, you love this kind of stuff. So I think you'll really enjoy it. I did that and I was like, yes, this is so fun. Um, and then when Center 45 opened in 2015, we didn't actually come until January of 2016. But after like our first day here, me and my brothers were like, yes, we have to have a membership. This is so fun. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of just like, it felt immediately like something that we wanted to do um, just because of how active we were as little children climbing on things and trees and running around and playing. It's, just, it's a very natural thing. It's like running or swimming, you know, climbing is like, one of the most natural things for humans yeah. to do. Yeah. So that's amazing. Three from three years from beginning mm -hmm. to national champion. Yep. Wow. wow. So you was sure going did. to nationals a goal for you? It was uh, a goal from the time that I started competing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, when we first started climbing at Center 45, they didn't have a youth team. Uh, but Jeffrey Verner, uh, who worked at Center 45, decided he wanted to start one because we kept asking him, you know, tips on how to climb and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was maybe our first or second day there. We like approached him, me and my brothers, and we were just like, what can we do? And he had all these exercises we could do on door frames and things um, to improve finger strength. I bet and your mom loved that. Yeah, she, well, all our door frames are falling off now. It's, it's impossible. We can't hold on to them anymore. Oh, that's funny. Um, but uh, he started the, the youth comp team, him and some other people. Um, ever since I started competing, yeah, I think nationals was kind of like, it was – it was the highest level of competition I knew about initially. I didn't know that there was a youth worlds or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that uh, there was a youth nationals. And um, yeah, I thought that would be a really fascinating thing, you know, around so many other strong people. Yeah. So when you're, when you're practicing, do you do all of that at Center 45 or do you get out in the high country and practice? Yeah, my or? favorite thing to do is climb outside. Mm -hmm. um, it's, there's really, you can't simulate that kind of feeling in the gym. Um, and of course it's just beautiful to be outside, you know, it's so beautiful around here. Yeah. Do you have some um, favorite spots? I do. So, uh, I really love, uh, the blowing rock boulders. Um, okay. yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's, I mean, even if you just went to hike there, you would, you would see just, uh, how wonderful it is. Um, uh, but there's a lot of big freestanding boulders there. Um, and then grandmother mountain, uh, is like over behind grandfather mountain and that mm -hmm. has some wonderful bouldering as well. 
um, and just all around sort of the base of Grandfather Mountain on that side. Um, yeah, so wow. wonderful stuff. So what was the journey like to get to the national tournament? So um, there was a lot of like qualification that you have to do. So you have like the local youth competitions you have to participate in in order to qualify for regionals and then regionals qualifies you for divisionals and then that qualifies you for nationals. Um, and so that was, uh, it was a, definitely a process that at each step you kind of like, you hope that you're going to make it to the next step, but then you know there's a step after that. And so it's kind of a, a process where, at least personally, I, I tried not to like, even though the previous year I had almost made it, uh, well, I guess the previous year I'd made it to nationals. The first year I competed, I almost made it to nationals and sort of didn't buy a technicality, um, which I think was actually probably good because that would have been a lot of success initially, mm. um, okay. which I don't think is ever good necessarily for people. Um, but I'd, I'd made nationals uh, the year before the year that I won this year. Um, and so I knew I, I, my, my sort of goal was to make it back to nationals. And I wanted to be able to like use what I learned the previous time and see how I could do. Um, but at any step through that process, no matter how good you are, you could have a bad day and not make it, you know, past that qualification. So I was, my sort of philosophy is never based upon results. It's always based upon how much effort I can give. If I feel like I give 100% effort, then the results will take care of themselves. If, if I lose, if I come in last in a competition, you know, as long as I climbed well, mm -hmm. climbed hard, that's not really something that I um, am disappointed with. Mm -hmm. So um, that process for me was very much sort of a letting go of what might happen and just sort of let's have fun, let's see what mm -hmm. I can do. Um, and throughout that process, I realized that I, like the previous experience, previous year definitely prepared me better. Divisionals felt better than the previous year. Um, everything seemed to be just, I, I was, had more experience, was able to become more focused. Um, so I definitely, I definitely felt like uh, I was more prepared to go to nationals. And then when I did qualify to go to nationals, I was like, well, there's the success. Like whatever mm -hmm. happens now is sort of candy on top, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you have a great so. attitude. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially for your age. Yes. How mm -hmm. old are you, Elijah? I'm 18. 18, youngest guest yeah. thus far. Oh, boy. Yeah. Good. So um, describe the national tournament. Was it outdoor Bouldering so, or indoor? So it's indoor bouldering. Okay. And what they typically do for the big competitions is there's not really a gym that's suitable for all the spectators and for the event. So they'll have uh, some experienced wall builders come in and just erect a wall in a stadium. Um, so in this case, it was just uh, the stadium in, stadium in uh, Redmond, Oregon. Um, and so they, they build a wall. It has multiple different kinds of angles. Uh, and they do it in kind of lanes. So they'll have like a, you know, a 25-foot lane of steep bouldering and then there'll be one that's like vertical so they have these different segments so they can create different kinds of climbing um hmm. and then the setters that they use or the the people who set the climbs are very experienced and they have a, a level system uh that even qualifies them to set at that level wow. um so that's there's kind of qualifications on both ends of that uh and to a certain extent um but yeah so it's a very well put together event and it's designed specifically for that competition. Mm. And then um, it's just, it's really, it's interesting the amount of energy that everybody has there. It's really cool to see everybody's super excited that they're there, but also some of them are like, you know, trying to get a specific result because they've been going to youth nationals for the last five years of their mm. climbing. 
so they know you know okay. they've they've been there before and so it, it really depends some like some people like me are just like oh I'm here I'm happy other people are really serious about trying to place a certain way or trying to get onto the the uh, the youth team so they can go to youth worlds. Do you know as soon as you finish a climb where you stand or how well no, you, you, so, you have to yeah, wait you have to everybody? No idea. Okay. So you w- the way that it works is um, typically there's like four to six climbs for each category uh, for each gender. So um, and you don't get to see any of them beforehand. You're kept behind the wall in an isolation zone. Uh, which means you don't have contact with anybody else outside. You don't have a cell phone, so you can't cheat by somebody texting you how to do the boulder or something like that. Um, and then when you're brought out, you're facing away from the wall until you your clock starts, your five minutes, and you get five minutes on each boulder, and then five minutes of rest, and then five minutes on the next boulder. And that goes on for however many boulders they have. Um, so you don't get any, any, you know, you don't have any idea how the boulder's supposed to go or what it's going to look like. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of stressful. Um, yeah, waiting, imagine. waiting back there. You're like, I don't know what they're going to give us. And, you know, and yeah, after each boulder, um, you really don't know where you place until you're finished with all of your boulders. And even then, if there's still people who are, haven't competed yet, then, you know, the order can change. So if you go first, uh, you know, you might be like, oh, I feel good about my score. But then as time passes, there's so many people ahead of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay. there's, yeah, you don't know until kind of the competition's over. What was that like to win gold? Uh, it was it was definitely shocking, and so I didn't. I went sort of like mid uh, way through my category. So as soon as I was done, I wasn't sure you know where I was placing, but I knew that I did all three climbs in the final round, and I knew that like for me that was good because I'd never had well for one I'd never been to finals the year before I only got to qualifiers. Mm. Um, so for me, I was so excited that I was able to like. I don't know, apply myself in each, you know, of the three specific ways and kind of was able to focus enough to get all three done and not sort of like do two and then be like, oh, I'm doing them and, you know, kind of psych myself out. Um, so I was really happy, but I, I didn't really, I had no idea how well I stacked up to other people yet and the strongest people hadn't even gone. Um, so it was, it was an interesting experience. I knew that my score was going to be good but I, there were a number of people that I figured, oh, they'll do, do them all right. probably quicker than I did in fewer attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, if, if you have multiple people who do all the boulders, it really does come down to, like, how many attempts did it take you? Mm. Um, and that's very often what decides a major competition is, like, the number of attempts. Uh, so watching, uh, me and my coach um, were sort of just, like, after I was done competing, we were sitting there just watching everybody climb. Um, and there were, there were, like... You sort of know who the top competitors are. So we, we like, and they're my friends. So I was just kind of like waiting for each one of them to come out and seeing which ones they would do. And uh, it sort of like became apparent that nobody else had done all three yet. And so some of them were done with their competition and only done two. Um, and at that point I was like, huh, I might like, I might get on the podium. I might be, you know, top three, which would be really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last competitor who was super competitive went and didn't do the second boulder. Um, and that's when we kind of like realized, oh, like I won. And it was a really weird, it was, it was a little bit, um, strange. So yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Me and my coach kind of like almost sort of hid in like the stairwell just to kind of like decompress from it (laughs) once we realized that I won. So it was, yeah, we were, we were kind of shocked. It was, it was very, it was a very odd experience, Hmm. but I think like going into some competitions in the back of my head, I know like winning is a possibility. And I don't set, like, 
I, I make it a point never to set my mind on that or to set my heart on that because it's never guaranteed. Mm. But in that competition, that wasn't even in my head. In my head was like, I'm in finals. That's amazing. Um, so winning was, yeah, it was quite a surprise and a little bit, I don't know, like off-putting. I, was, I felt strange hmm. for a while afterwards. Maybe but surreal. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, it's still <laughs> like, I don't, think of, I don't think of myself as a national champion still. I don't know, I feel like some people do it and they sort of like, they sort of hang that medal in their thoughts and they kind of like know oh, I'm a national champion now. And I, I don't feel like I ever, it ever sunk in at that, in that way, I guess, for me. Mm. Um, which I'm probably glad that it hasn't, but uh, yeah. So what was that like being on the world stage of bouldering? What was your it was very It was like? very different um, in, yeah, in Italy. It was like, I wasn't sure how different it would be and in what ways. Um, I assumed like, I think my main assumption was it's going to be more difficult, which was actually the thing that ended up not really being true. It wasn't really more difficult, um, but it was certainly more intimidating because you have like, you know, so many other teams from places that you, you know, you've never climbed with them before. Mm. Uh, and there's not, and to a certain extent, there's not the same level of camaraderie. I think there is at like adult level competitions where a lot of the competitors are used to seeing each other and they know each mm -hmm. other personally. Mm -hmm. But at the youth worlds, there's so many people who have never been there before or simply don't know each other. There's so many countries represented that there's not quite like the same level of camaraderie there is at youth nationals where like I'm personal friends with the, the best, you know, the other best competitors. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was like, it was a little bit intimidating in that way. Uh, but the, the difficulty level actually wasn't like greater. It was just that the margin for error was much smaller because of the number of like very good competitors. Okay. Yeah. And how did that go for you? The competition? Yes. So uh, it was four climbs in the first round. And uh, again, five minutes on each one. Uh, and it was, it was crazy hot. It was probably 95 degrees. So it was and, outdoor. Uh, it, was out, it was outside. Um, they basically, they, they do the same thing. They construct a wall. But in Arco, they have like uh, a big sport climbing wall already set up. It's like a tower, kind of like the Footslogger's Tower, but mm -hmm. way nicer. Um, and they sort of do the same thing for bouldering. So it's just like a bouldering wall with an awning so that if it rains, it's protected. Um, but it doesn't protect it from the sun and the heat. Oh, um, goodness. Yeah. So it's still an artificial wall, but it's just erected outside. It was an interesting experience. I felt very limited by like my actual climbing experience. Um, my level of like just, I guess, my knowledge base on how this climb should feel and like figuring out sequences quickly because that's a lot of it, you know, like... Uh, the strongest competitor rarely wins. It's more about like who's strong enough, but then also can figure it out really quickly. Mm. Um, so the first two climbs, I, I did feel very limited by like my ability to figure them out. But the second two climbs were were sort of like a, a nice, refreshing like, yeah, okay, I I can compete at this level still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So you glad you went? Oh yeah, absolutely. Good. Yep. Good. And what did you end up placing? Thirty first out of ninety. Well, that's wow. impressive. Yeah. That is. Yeah, it's very good. Can you tell us a little bit about the climbing and bouldering community in the high country and what that's like? The climbing community in Boone, I think what sets it apart, uh, even just in the Southeast, is uh, the friendliness of people, hmm. the openness of people. Um, and that sort of lies slightly in contrast with the fact that we have a reputation for 
not being as open about the places that we climb outside in Boone. And part of that is we want to like limit the impact of, of large groups of people. And there are definitely some places in the U.S. and throughout the world, one of them being uh, Magic Wood in Switzerland, which I, I went to um, after Italy, which is very over-trafficked. So the rocks themselves get worn down by like the, the bad techniques of people who try to brush them with the wrong kind of brushes, which takes the texture off the rock. Um, and just there are some other things too, some other practices that, um, like for instance, just walking off trail that isn't as sustainable. So in Boone, uh, there is a certain amount of like secrecy around some of the climbing destinations so that that's limited, so that we don't have tons of people coming from all over um, and, you know, sort of ruining the access that we have to those places. Um, but the really cool thing is if you come to a place like Center 45 and ask questions, people are happy to tell you where things are. If people are inspired by hearing your story and they want to try bouldering, what's the best way to get started? How do you, what do you recommend? Um, I would say come to Center 45 and try it if you're, if you're close enough to do that. Um, I think it's really accessible here as opposed to outside just because if you don't have the equipment to make it safe, like if you don't have the, the right number of crash pads, um, then it's just it's a little more dangerous outside. And of course, getting outside is the ultimate goal. Like, I think it's it's way way more fun than being packed in a in a gym. Um, but I think yeah, Center Forty Five would be the first step, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. so what is next for you? What are your plans? Mm. So I'm I'm sort of trying to figure that out myself a little <laughs> bit. Um, you can but, announce it to the world right here. <laughs> uh, currently. Um, I'm taking a gap year and I'm trying to work on some creative projects that I've had for a long time. One of them being like an album of original songs and then a novel that I've been working on, uh, for way too long. <laughs> um, so it's, I've sort of like paused education to focus on those things. Um, I would never want to like pause, uh, I don't know. I, f I feel like I'm so stimulated by certain like uh, whether it being like studying or just anything that like, sort of activates the artistic mental uh, side of your brain. Um, I couldn't stop like doing that all together. So I'm, I'm really happy that I'm able to work on these creative things um, and, and take a break from school. And then the other side of that is I want to continue to like uh, try to qualify for any adult climbing events that I can. So the next step for that would be there's a national cup series, which is a lot like a, a divisionals or a regionals for the youth competitive circuit. Um, and that's just, if you get top 30 in one of those, qualifies you to compete at the open bouldering nationals. So that's, that's kind of like my uh, competition goal. That'll be in December. Um, so I, I would love to see how competitive I can be there, um, sort of see what doors open towards the potentially adult team, which would be wonderful. Oh, I love that. You'll have to let us know when your album drops. All right, I will. Yeah, yeah. Or novel. So I guess we're about to wrap up. Any other questions that came to mind for you? Does anybody else in your family compete? Yeah, um, all of them have. Well, all of the ones that are old enough have. Uh, Liam is too old to compete in the in the youth competitions, but um, uh, for the first year, he definitely did. And, and then the brother right below me, Aiden, and then uh, Finn and Galen have all competed this year. Um, and some of them are quite good. So it's, it'll be exciting to see, you know, uh, regionals is coming up, uh, in the near future. So it'll be exciting to see 
uh, what they can do. Um, but yeah, all of, most of them have competed. Yeah. Wow. wow. So I have some more Kaisers back. Yeah. Yep, hopefully. So we always like to wrap up with the same question for mm-hmm. all of our guests. And we want to know what is it that you are loving about living in the high country these days? Mm. I think uh, the atmosphere of the high country, uh, whether that be uh, the community or just the, the natural beauty I think both of those things contribute to the atmosphere. It would be hard to live in a beautiful place where you hate the people and still feel like it's beautiful. Um, yeah. But I just, I love the people here and it's so beautiful. I mean, you know, even traveling through Europe, like coming back and, you know, being in Valley Cruces, it's just like so beautiful. Um, and fall is my favorite time of the year. So I just, the All atmosphere right. is so wonderful right now. Who else loves fall? I do. I do. Every week. I think oh, I yeah. call Amanda every day. And say, <laughs> it's gonna, we're going to be in our spring episodes, and she'll be like, fall's my favorite season. Fall's my favorite season. <laughs> it is. It's so nice. It's yeah, so it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So. Yeah. Do you decorate for fall? We, we, uh, we love the natural decoration of fall. Oh, that's what I'm going to start saying. Amanda doesn't decorate. She <laughs> decorates everything. Really? Yeah. Her, her daughter walked into my house and said, why doesn't Miss Amanda decorate? Where are her decorations? Where's we, your pumpkin? Our our home is like pretty small for the the family size that we have, so we don't often like fully decorate everything just because there's not that much room to begin with. So there's you know there's not a whole lot of empty space for things to go, um, but like we have so many uh, doors in our house. There's like all these sliding glass doors, and they're always open when it's warm. So it's just like we feel like the the fall is right around us. It's yeah, amazing. You're right yeah. outside. You got doors, it. but no door frames. Yeah. See. It's true. Can't hang on them anymore. No. Well, we're just, thank you so much for yeah, coming and being our guest. And we're so proud of you and excited for what's mm-hmm. next. Yeah. And thanks for giving us an education. For sure. About this. Yeah. this is great. I learned so much. All right. So hopefully our listeners will too. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. A big shout out to Justin Jones at Sonic Depository for writing our music and producing our show. We hope we have elevated your everyday in the high country. For more adventures, head over to fourseasonseveryday.com. See you next time.